Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Will, your premier ag tire and will provider in North America, helping people grow. Well, Sean, to say the least, the markets are uh, in, uh, I guess, free fall is probably a good, a good way to put it, um, whether it's the stock market or whether it's the commodity market. Uh, this whole scare with the coronavirus thing has uh, kind of uh, reached a fever pitch, no pun intended. And it's a uh, it's really uh, affecting everything that we do. I mean, not necessarily just just people's fear of what's going to happen, but we're start, we're starting to talk about supply chain issues. We're starting to talk about people, you know, all these different things going on. So it, it's a big deal. So I guess talk about that a little bit and what you see happening out there, because typically when you start seeing in the stock market and you start seeing there's a, a, a run from something in the stock market, they usually jump over into the commodity market, and we're not even seeing that. So I guess talk about that a little bit, what you see happening there. Well, I mean, if you think about the 08, 09 crash, um, commodities and stocks both went down initially. Um, and then the commodities started to bottom first and turn up first, while the stock market still struggled. So there were, and, and even gold, if you remember, gold sold off in the early days right. of the crash because people just needed to raise money and cash and that sort of thing. So, so in the beginning part, it's sell everything while you still can. It's what we call the mass liquidation event. And so I think right now, you're not going to get rotation in the commodities until the, the, until the market gets, gets sufficiently priced for the worst case scenario, and then the commodities will bottom first and start to turn up. Um, as it anticipates first, um, the need to, because remember all that's going on now, food shortages are building, uh, prices in, for example, China are rising. And so at some point you do need to refill food supplies. And so there was, a, there is a slingshot effect here, but we're not sufficiently far enough in the process to get there. And so all we know to do, in, 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 and whenever we've been in a mass liquidation event is we just follow with the capital flows of smart money are doing and you know we, we follow that closely and they have been buying very very little thus far on the corrections up to this point when they start buying aggressively when they really start you know gap ups in buying then we'll know that they under, they are seeing orders starting to come in or they're seeing people they're talking to and saying it's ready to turn um, and so i we think the best way to kind of really look at this is to see when they are starting to get emboldened to buy. And, you know, maybe they'll start buying next week or two. I don't know. But up to this point, they've been very, very unwilling to buy, and correctly so as the markets continue to fall. So, so right now, it's a time just to be patient and, and, and not to take any high-risk drastic action. But, but there is tremendous opportunity here when the dust settles, and it will settle. This is not a forever deal, but um, we're just in the heat of the moment, like you said, the fever pitch. It's, yep. uh, we're, we're in it right now. Yep. So. Yeah, so a ton of stuff going on there. Um, we are headed into some into spring here, so plant season's not that far away. Uh, the deep south is uh, getting ready to go here pretty quick. I mean, we're starting talking about planting sweet corn and those kind of things and, and uh, making that, that run north. 
as you take a look at what's going on in the south right now, there's some. It's very wet. I mean, they've had a lot of moisture, just like kind of like similar to last year. That uh, East Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas. Um, all the way up through southern Illinois, Indiana, all the way through there, up into the higher river valleys. Very, very wet. Lots of snow, those kind of things. Um, this time, about about this time last week or whatever, you had you had an interview with uh, um, the folks over there at Market to Market, and you had your uh, your your regular segment there. And I was watching it here. You sent me a, sent me a link, so I was watching and taking a look at what was going on there. And, and you made a pretty bold statement about the price of corn. So let's. Talk about that a little bit, and we've talked about that here quite a bit over the next three years, what that weather patterns are going to look like and, and what we could expect and, and how that's going to affect the weather. And um, so far, you, you've, you've kind of called it so far up to this point. So talk about, talk about that a little bit, what you see going on there. Well, nothing that's going on now changes the outlook. In fact, it actually enhances the outlook. And the reason for that is because Think about what's starting to happen in many places. People are hoarding food. They're buying food. They're, right. they're getting nervous. They're getting scared. Food chains are breaking down. So if, we, if this what, what, what could very well happen in this Kenora, coronavirus is that a hoarding mentality grips the globe from a just-in-time inventory that we've been under for quite some time. Um, if we do develop a hoarding mentality where you not only buy what you need, but you buy maybe six to 12 months of what you need, that increased demand at a time when weather over the next two, couple of years, as we've been talking about on your program for many, you know, quite some time about what's happening with La Nina coming, the grand solar cycle, the significant increase in weather volatility, long, endless winter to cause freeze problems. And then on top of it, because it looks like we have developed an African swine fever vaccine, we could very well also be looking at Asia and China rebuilding their hog herd in a major, major way next year causing feed demand to go through the roof. It is really the perfect storm of hoarding demand, feed demand, weather volatility, reducing supplies, um, conspiring to cause a wild slingshot effect. And remember, what have central banks been doing to try to offset this, this coronavirus impact? They've been putting trillions and trillions of dollars of money over the last 30 days, if you look at a rate of growth of the monetary base, of the global monetary base, it's absolutely going vertical right now. Yep. When the dust settles, all that money is going to be looking to go somewhere. And one would have to believe they like jumping on trends. And if ag markets are starting to trend back up, they are going to be kind of like in poker. They're going to be pushing some money in, uh, pushing some chips in. And so right. we really think that sets up the scenario for a, seven or eight dollar corn market like we had in 2012 or like we had in 2007 8 as hard is it to believe that that could be possible this is our third time making that forecast we've been right the first two and we really think the outlook for that happening is is extremely high that it will happen again so well i hope you're right because that's uh that's great the other side of that coin though is uh because of the weather what you see happening here and, and the things that we see going on the uh you still have to have a crop that you produce yeah. to get those get those commodity prices and as i take a look at the weather patterns that we see happening here and some different things that we're going on now um especially if if we're going to shift over to a a warmer drier summer um than what we've seen in the, in the past two or three years um the the idea of drought setting in um can have a big effect on yield and quality and that that's that actually uh even though you've got some big numbers out there on the board 
you're still going to have a, a hard time uh, getting paid if you don't have a good crop. So, um, well, if you have if you have a half a crop and the price doubles, you really haven't gotten anywhere. No, you really haven't. It's kind of the same <laughs> spot that, you were. And, and, yeah. And you know, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean everyone will have a half a crop. I mean, it, but but you're right. It, it, it doesn't. It, high prices by themselves um, aren't necessarily the savior. If you happen to be in an area that you know really took you know took it on the chin, and and that is unfortunate, but. There will be a lot of areas that will not be the fifty percent down. That maybe will be, you know, ten or twenty percent down. That can still gain gain favor. And by the way, not every year it's the U.S. taking it on the chin. Some years it'll be other. You know, if you remember the last La Nina cycle, uh, we had our we had our time to, to get nailed in two thousand twelve. But Russia got nailed in two thousand ten eleven and sent prices wildly higher. And our crops weren't great, but good enough. So so. It's a mixed bag, but I will still take that environment, Casey, over the environment that we're in, where we just, you know, have um, uh, the, you know prices that seem to just stay depressed, and 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 even good production isn't enough to overcome it. I still will take that because there's opportunities still to generate some income, um, because it's not always going to be the same people getting hit every single time. Yeah. You know? So today, uh, this morning. I think it's around 11 something, 11.30 or whatever it is, uh, central time. The, uh, the expectations for the, uh, the weekly export sales report comes out. Um, this, this report's going to get more and more important and have more and more of a light shined on it as we start heading down this um, phase one path, even though we should be well into that phase one path by now. Um, but the coronavirus thing has a few, I guess, clauses inside of that contract gave the Chinese a kind of a, a bit of a bereavement if some extraordinary um, uh, event happened, and I would probably consider this to be extraordinary. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> Very. I would say a pandemic is, yeah, yeah pretty, I think that's... Uh, pretty extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. So I guess talk about what you see happening here. So they're, 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 they're floating out some numbers out there between 800,000 and 1.3 million metric tons on corn, 600 to 900,000 uh, metric tons on beans, you know, wheat, 400 to 600,000, uh, soy meal, soybean oil, those kind of things are all floating out there as well. I mean, this seems like to me any, the, the remote, the single most remote bearish kind of indicators that come out in the market right now are sent, are just, are, are more of a, a wildfire, you know, downward spiral than, than any bearish news that we get. It's going to be a pretty big bear, I think, to get the, the markets to come up at all. So talk about what you see happening there and what kind of what's your thoughts about moving in through today's uh, report. Well, I mean, when you're in, when you're in a mass liquidation event, uh, bearish news is fire bearish. Mm-hmm. Neutral news is super bearish. Bullish news is bearish. <laughs> right. um, you know, and, and, until you wash everything out. But, you know, I think exports could actually surprise to the upside, not from China. Not from China, but other countries who are worried about global trade shutting down further. You know, uh, Japan. You know, what if what if they shut down quarantine and they're not able to? You know, I mean, I think that while everyone can buy and ship at a time of great uncertainty, other buyers other than the Chinese may be very large buyers of U.S. food and U.S. grain, including the Mexicans, because of of the potential for some dysfunction. I mean, people may worry now that we have our first case in California that U.S. maybe, maybe the U.S. quarantines certain places and, and doesn't ship product for a while. So I think the exports could be better than people think 
is that enough to drive the market higher in a mass liquidation event? Probably not, but it's enough probably to maybe to keep the mark, grain markets more stable. I mean, you really look at it, the grain markets have actually been more stable than some of the other markets that, have been, that are out there. Maybe, maybe that's the reason. Maybe, maybe the market understands that there's some pretty good orders coming in from other countries other than China to, to just make sure they get enough food before maybe things get a whole lot worse. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of stuff going on out there when you look at international markets, especially when it comes to wheat. You yeah. know, Australia's been struggling with this hot, dry weather that they can't hardly get any you know, they've had wildfires and they've had all these different crazy things happen and now it's completely switched on the dime. And now they're near cool, wet forecast that, that's showing up over there. Um yeah. and, and to the point where it might even be somewhat of a, a detriment because they've gotten too much water now and they've gotten just too cool. I mean, some of the pictures know. I've seen in some key areas, it, it's yeah. devastating flooding, if you can believe it. Yeah, it's gone, it's gone from just a three-year drought to now we're having built and we've talked about know. we've talked about this, Casey, about how this original jet stream yeah. does that. Just like that, yeah. it turns the dime and it reverses the extremity the other way. And this is exactly the... The, the, the kind of thing we're going to continue to see. And by the way, as an example, we talk about the deep south and, you know, endless rain again, but it could it, it just turn off and all of a sudden, three months from now, they can't drop up, you know, a drop of rain. And, and, it, and, that, and it, that's going to happen. Yeah. That's going to happen down there. So, so this is a symptom of why it's going to be, continue to be challenging to grow food globally, not just because of, uh, uh, you know, drought or Flooding, but just because of the flipping of the weather extremes so fast and so quick, it that does more damage to crop yields and crop quality than, than anything else. Right. So. Yep. And so there's just uh, the the just the weather extremes have, have really gotten to a, a, a big pitch here. But we take a look at what's going on in the protein markets. I mean, the, the cattle have, have been limited down here last couple of days, and and there's been a lot of stuff going on there, and the amount of of uh, Catalyst getting pulled forward. Sometime, somewhere, there's going to be a hole in the in the in the production line that's going to kind of increase prices. But I mean, what you see with the cattle market right now is all kind of stemming back from that coronavirus thing. But there's a ton of stuff going on there. So what's I mean, we've we've seen some pretty big swings in the last eight months on, in the in the cattle market from very very good to very very bad and everything in between. Not really anything in between. It's either been really good or really bad. So talk about what you see happening in the cattle market. Well, remember, cattle is an expensive food item. Yep. You know, it, it's not a cheap food item. And if you're getting concerned uh, about things, if you're getting worried about things, you know, Japan, I heard they're shutting down their entire school system this morning. Uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, we're concerned that our largest buyer of beef may, may come offline for a little while. Um, people in the U.S. are worried that maybe their area is going to be uh, in the heat of a uh, coronavirus spreading and maybe uh, some quarantine going in there and maybe so on the margin I think when you have that mentality you know you cut back the more expensive food items because it increases your budget capacity very quickly and beef is certainly one that could do that versus chicken and pork which is comparatively much cheaper and so it's a problem right now and yes there's a hole that will develop in every market there's going to be this big hole that has to be uh fed later on in the year and there's a slingshot coming but for the beef market you know, we have to we haven't gotten there yet you know we, we, i think for the beef market we have to get clear about what is going to take place in the u.s is this just going to be a spotty thing 
like you know here and there, but it's you, you put your finger in the in the in the dam, but it, it's kind of or is it or is it, it going to spread? Is it really going to spread and become an issue? Because if it spreads, it becomes an issue, and the cattle market demand domestically, you know, could be in for a bigger a bigger problem. And because because quite frankly, I mean, it's most of the demand for beef is domestic, yeah. so. Um, that's a market that right now, you know, uh, the pork market's a little different. Uh, pork market is, um, I think, in better shape. It already crashed. It already sort of reversed. It is a cheaper food product. Um, and, um, and, and I think that probably the pork market already did its crash and burn and, and limit down, limit down kind of move. And cattle seems like it's, it, it's just doing it in a delayed fashion. So it looks like cattle may have a little further to go before maybe it prices all this in. You know? Yep. No, that's that's uh, probably a good summary there. Cotton is another thing that's been bouncing around. I mean, all these markets are just getting beat up by this stuff. So, yeah. cotton market is uh, I don't know. They, they've kind of come off of a of a kind of somewhat shaky year, and it feels like it's they're going into a a little more um, uncertainty. I guess is the best way to put it moving forward here. So, talking what you see happening in the cotton market. Cotton's an economically sensitive commodity. We talked about this on the program yep. case quite a bit. You know, when people are quarantined, when 50 million people are quarantined in, 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 uh, in China, um, you know, they do need to eat, but maybe they don't need to go buy a, you know, a new pair of pants or a new shirt or, you know, that's just not something you absolutely positively have to do anytime soon. Um, especially if you're worried about economy, you're worried about your job, you're worried about your income, you know, buying all new clothes is just not a high priority. And so cotton is especially sensitive to the coronavirus, whereas food items like wheat or rice or things that people need to eat, they will have to come back and buy them no matter what. That's what their budget is certainly be used for. Maybe not, you know, buying clothes right away. And so, you know, and with, and with China being, all, of course, one of our largest, if not the largest buyer of U.S. cotton, and they're offline, it, it's a problem, basically. It's, you know, I, I, it's like a you know, broken record here. We keep seeing it's, but in something like cotton, it's really a problem. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that the, that demand could stay away for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so I wish I, you know, I wish I had all these. I wish I had better news. And and the problem that I have with most markets right now is we're not seeing the insiders, the smart money, jumping on and buying yet on these corrections. Um, if we started to see that, I would start getting a little more comfortable that maybe we're starting to overplay this. and starting to get, you know, we're starting to overshoot things. But we have yet to see that. What says to me, you know, they're not seeing orders yet. They're not seeing orders yet. Yeah. So, so you're saying we got a while then? Well, a, a while. I, I think. We have more time to go, but I think it, it may, the way markets work, my experience is um, when they start to go down, they, can really, they, they, they fall rapidly. So it may not be that we have a long time to go, but we may have a lot more to go with price in a very short time frame. So maybe it's a two-week crash and, and cotton goes down to 55 cents where it was you know, six to nine months ago, and that ends it. So I'm not sure it's the elongation of time, but it may be that the market is in a period where it's just going to fall really, I actually would prefer that, that it just falls, gets it out of the way, gets it done, cleans it up instead of kind of meandering and painstakingly going down. If you're going to do this, get it out of the way and let's move on. Let's, let's, let's go to the other side as fast as we possibly can. I have always found that's a better way than kind of gradually just causing, you know, torturous pain on the way down, you know? Yep. No, I, I'm with you. Just get it over with and rip the band-aid off. Yeah. Yep. Rip the band-aid off. All right. So let's talk about sugar. Sugar is uh, still 
slow but sure on the rise, and we and we've watched it go here. Um, we, last time you were on here, we talked about uh, kind of some some stuff we saw happen in the seventies, where you know the price of sugar was way up there, you know, got got off the charts, and, and we're seeing something again. If the weather patterns continue the way we've seen them, especially if we switch over to a uh, a more dry, hot, dry um, kind of time frame. In, our, in most of the areas where, where sugar beets are grown, they're they're mostly irrigated, um, but yeah. there's still some areas where they're not. It's not so much how hot you get it in the summertime, it's how early the freeze comes because it's a late harvested crop. We learned right? that last year, right? Exactly right, yeah. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so as you look across the across the spectrum, those areas that are key sugar cane growing areas are still having some weather issues that they're still trying to fight through. Um mm-hmm. I feel like again, it kind of goes back to if you only raise if the price is twice as much, you only raise half the crop, you didn't really help yourself much. So I guess talk about the sugar market and and what you see there. Well, I mean, the sugar market has held up better than a lot of other ag markets because uh, I think we've had such a significant supply contraction globally. Not just it's been the U.S., it's been India, it's been Thailand, and all these key areas. Uh, you know, Brazil has has made you know record amounts of ethanol and 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 and. and deprived the making of actual refined sugar. Um, so, so because of that, it's kept this market better supported. Um, you know, I mean, it's not, not going to be immune for sure, but it has been held up better. The big thing that we continue to look for, you know, you talk about the 70s, we saw 60 cents of sugar for a little while, and then we had a second rally later in the 70s that went to 40, 45 cents. And you think of, you know, sugar at 14 cents and you know, that kind of a move, but, um, the key for us in terms of sugar is can or will the desert locust move into India? Um, it's moved in. Obviously, Africa's been devastated. The Middle East, absolutely been devastated. It's now moved into Pakistan. Um, and Pakistan's cause uh, has uh, put a state of emergency out because of it. Last time I checked, Pakistan is bordering India. Yeah, they're pretty close to each other. Yeah, yeah they're pretty close. So... I think the odds are increasing that this desert locust could move on into India by May. And that's all the research we did is if it moves in there by May, there's really not much that can be done to save crop problems, especially for the sugar crop. And so we really would be looking for that clear indication that that desert locust has moved into India. And if it has, I mean, their crop could be, you know, it, it, it has the potential to cause something like we haven't seen since the 1970s. I mean, it, we could get something like that. And, and it's a very real possibility because no matter what's going on with the coronavirus, if, 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 if India has a half a crop at a time when we're already running six, eight million metric tons of deficit, I don't care what's going on. That is a wild, crazy, force majeure kind of market, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So, so I would, we would really, you know, and, you know if you look at the you know, calendar, not really too far away from Potentially being there, so any setback in sugar as a fallout from the coronavirus, we would be looking for opportunities to buy that market. We think that market specifically is in an unusual bull position that most ag markets really can't say is quite like that right now. Yep, no, absolutely. All right, Sean, good stuff as usual. If uh, folks want to reach out to you, get some information about what it is that you have going on over there at Hackett Financial, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Hackett Advisors. H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Our homepage is all kinds of uh, interviews and podcasts and 
white paper downloads and things that people can get a good look at what we do to see if we might be able to help them with their ag interests. Absolutely. All right, Sean. Well, good stuff as usual. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure to check out my social media at Moving Iron LLC on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also check out my website, movingironllc.com. Uh, get some good information in there about the uh, upcoming Moving Iron uh, Summit in Nashville, Tennessee, September 1 through 3, where you can see Sean Haggett talk about all the fun stuff he talks about here on the podcast. Um, also, uh, make sure you check out the Global Ag Network and all the great podcasters that are part of that. And uh, thanks to Dawson, Tyre, and Will for being a sponsor for this podcast. So until next time, I'm Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving on